I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday from Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday from Las Vegas, Nevada. Why are you in Las Vegas, Nevada? We are here at the Podcast Movement Evolutions 2023 conference. At least that's why I'm here. Where are you? I am just in the other room from you, so I guess I'm here too, looking down at the Las Vegas Strip. Went and checked in today for a fun-filled week. I'm really excited. Can't wait to learn some things. Same, same. I can't wait to learn and grow and see what there is in our future. Absolutely, and that's what this week's all about, learning how to grow this podcast. I can't complain about the editing since you're the editor and I'm just the follower. Uh, you can complain about the editing. You have one trash editor. You're the editor, editor-in-chief. Maybe I should add that to my title. There you go, editor-in-chief. Put that on your title. Quick, download the app or look at the app and edit your edits. Edit my edit? Edit your edit. Let's put the podcast conference aside for the moment and let's jump into... Some really cold, cold news. Do it. I'm ready. Snowpocalypse or Snowmageddon has just occurred in California. And we had seen many residents who have been snowed in or stranded. They've been in need of food, supplies, especially plows to get those roads cleared and let them dig themselves out. We saw some clear weather for a few days, but now we're about to get hit with another couple storms. But during snowpocalypse, we had a situation where our governor decided to leave the state of California. And since he was on vacation, we didn't get to know where he was. And we just had to let, well, we had to let snowpocalypse just happen. Well, it's kind of hard to handle four to six hundred inches of snow or in some locations zero inches so zero to six hundred so hopefully the lieutenant governor was left in charge while he was gone and could declare a state of emergency for those in need and yes declare a state of emergency for those in need however just like our president being on vacation in the caribbean i believe that's where he was at Not too long ago, yes. Yeah, he was able to have a pen flown down to him and a contract so he could sign away another billion or two dollars of our hard-earned money. I'm sure we could fly an electronic pen down to the governor so he could declare a state of emergency. But apparently when someone on the right goes on vacation, it's a problem. Oh, would you be referring to Senator Ted Cruz of Texas? Yes. Two years ago, he went on vacation to Cancun. By the way, our governor went on vacation to Baja, California, so same, same. But Ted Cruz couldn't actually do much for his people. I mean, he could stand up for his people, talk for his people, and try to arrange things on a high level. But our governor, who could actually do something for the people, declare a state of emergency, put boots on the ground, he was silent. How dare him, you know, and he's a potential presidential candidate. 
That does not look very good on his resume now, does it? Absolutely not. So hopefully, if he does decide to run at some point in the future, there will be some fantastic ads that happen to pop up and reference exactly who, what, where, and when, where he was when some Californians needed him the most. Since we have a system of governing that there's one guy in charge of 30 million here in California, and he was not there for them. Yes, sir. Millions upon millions, and he was nowhere to be found. At least nowhere in California or the United States. Right. He was in Baja. Baja. He was doing the Baja. Well, I guess Baja. technically he was in California if he was in Baja, California. Same thing, right? I guess depends on how you look at it. <laughs> or maybe not the same thing. Same, only different. So, still in California, a California mayor in Coronado has actually been cited as an individual who defied the odds and is reporting the lowest homeless population in the state. And he's doing this by addressing homelessness at its core, whether the individuals need medical help or they need certain assistance. He's there instead of just allowing them to take over streets, defecate in public, allowed to steal, doesn't give any, doesn't arrest because California has decided that we want to be nice and it's unkind to arrest people when they commit crimes. He decided enough was enough and now he's seen very limited to no homelessness in Coronado. What say you? Well, I think I'm having deja vu. I swear we might have just talked about this recently. Or I had a dream about us discussing this. What I say is it's about time that somebody has stepped up to the plate. And I don't care what his political affiliation is because I'm sure that the homeless folks, when they're homeless, when they're uh, addicted to drugs, when they're having mental issues, the last thing they look at is whether you have a D or an R after your name. What they look at is for some assistance to help get them off of drugs help get them some mental help when they need it, or if they break the law, arrest them. So, guess what? They can be put in jail and help dry out to help with the drug addiction. That would be step one, getting them into jail, getting them dried out, and then see what they can do to help them. So I think he, he is definitely on the right track and all the other mayors around the state and the governors across these 50 states should look at his model and see how they can duplicate it or replicate it and make it work for the thousands upon thousands of homeless across this country. Well, instead of getting people help in Oregon, they are proposing that you just pay them $1,000 a month and it will fix their problems. Well, I do believe Oregon's the same state that also had uh, Antifa, one of those organizations up there, uh, destroying stuff, hurting people. And the former mayor of one of the cities actually joined them in a protest. Yes. And then once that person's house was targeted. They didn't like that. They didn't like much. that. So they totally changed direction. And that's kind of just one inch to the left that's kind of like the border issue we have coming up south of the border 
and governors moving people around from state to state and happening to move one to Martha's Vineyard, which I think was less than 25. And they blew a gasket saying they couldn't afford to have them there. It wasn't right to bring them there. On and on within and on. 24 hours, they had them removed they were in removed kindness to them because yes. rich millionaires who have multiple houses and don't live in those Martha Vineyard houses full time, not saying everybody's not, you know, in the full time or non full time, but there are houses that are vacant and the very people who support the left and fund the left thought that that was just absolutely off the off the table we could not possibly house people in those mansions well it kind of shows you their true colors they want to help them with everybody else's resources and everybody else's time and labor but they don't want to pitch in and help themselves but they do want to save the climate and they do want to take care of global warming climate change uh, weather change but they want to do it flying around in multi-million dollar jets burning millions of gallons of fuel combined yearly when they actually say they're the solution that they're actually the problem so another scandal that is growing out of the washington dc area is how many lawmakers and candidates have said that their military records were leaked by the different military organizations most more recently the Air Force. So apparently Anna Paulina Luna has said that she is included in the almost dozen lawmakers and candidates who had their military records released unlawfully and unauthorized. This was something that we talked about, I believe on our last podcast of where we seen it both on the left and on the right, that the military was just wrongfully releasing these records and so far what we're seeing is that it is only on the right or only members uh gop members and former candidates have come forward well whether it's left right or center which center would be independence i guess center right center left far left far right it's inexcusable and they say it's unexplainable they don't know how it gets released but that's how everything is handled all the time. Oh, we don't understand how everybody's social security numbers were released. We don't understand how folks that have bought weapons, or when I say weapons, guns, ammunition, like lawfully, buying lawfully guns. purchasing guns and ammo, somehow their addresses, phone numbers, their names, their driver's license numbers are released. They always manage to release them and they always have an excuse, but we never have the answer as to who's doing it and who's being with whom is being punished. You know, it's funny, one of the things that my children, my children say to me, and I'm really bothered by it because a lot of times it's not accidentally, but their phrase is, it starts with, oh, I accidentally. And they will say, oh, I accidentally stepped on my sister. Oh, I accidentally broke this toy. And they will say that they did nothing into the lead up of the accidentally happening. And then they do accidentally step after the 15th time I've asked them, please don't lay on the ground next to your sister jumping rope. <laughs> we get the, oh, I accidentally. So these are foreseeable accidents. Now, in the case of the military, how do we have so many 
foreseeable accidental releases. They are trained in how to release information. You get a FOIA request, they are trained. They want us to believe, oh, I accidentally released the wrong information. Mm, in this case, I would go with, oh, on purpose, <laughs> you released the information. Yeah, accidentally on purpose. That's what I like so much about not the recent accident in Ohio, but the fact that the NTSB investigators have already come out and said that this was a 100% foreseeable. foreseeable and it should not have happened. It was not an accident. They did not follow procedure. Therefore, cause and effect was the bearings overheated, the uh, axle seized up, and that particular first car flipped, which took 40 to 50 others over with it. Okay, you bring that a, a good point. So question for you. You're the conductor or the engineer and one of the workers or one of the workers on the train. And your bosses or your owners have told you, don't do this maintenance or don't you know, you got to get there so fast. I don't care if it's violating our rules or regulations or laws or don't change these parts or whatever. Who would be at fault? The lowly worker who's maybe getting a decent wage, but not really like ownership level wage or the owner who told the, the worker to violate the law. Well, initially they're going to try and French fry the worker for sure. It's just like articles within the military, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. If you don't follow one, you can be punished. But if you're asked by a superior to do something that is against the Geneva Convention or against the law, eventually they're going to go after you, but they're going to find out through investigation that it's leadership's responsibility. Right, because if it's an unlawful order, you're not supposed yes, to follow it. Yes, you're not it. supposed to follow it. And therefore, the trained people, trained workers, employees, conductor, maintenance guy, if their corporate management is asking them to violate NTSB, or not NTSB, but FAA policy, or FARs, or Code of Federal Regulations, CFO, whatever they're supposed to follow, whatever their guidelines are, their guiding principles, um, I would not do it. And I would 100%, especially hauling those type of toxic chemicals, would be that whistleblower that comes forward to a news outlet and says, look, this is where I work. This is what's happening. This needs to be stopped. Or guess what's going to happen? We're going to have an incident, not an accident, to where it's going to potentially kill people, ruin the environment, and bada bing, what do we have? We have a major mess that looks like that small town was, was nuked, basically. It was, well, what was it? was considered uh, gas. Yes. They gassed, it, like it was, but it was the whole town because instead of trying to clean up the spill, then they burned it and rained down this Fuzzy, gas. Fuzzing gas, which is from World War One. Yes. So they yeah. gassed an entire town. It's essentially like nuking them. Yes. You just... And you're going to find just like uh, the big Roundup lawsuits and all the other chemical, the, uh, the fungicides, the herbicides, all those chemicals are known to cause cancer. And there's all these lawsuits now. Ten years down the road, you're going to have these poor young kids and young adults. They're going to start getting leukemia and all these other types of cancers. And they're going to eventually be able to link it right back to that train incident. 
However, it's going to be like Agent Orange in Vietnam. It's going to be like the Tuskegee Airmen. It's going to be like all these other projects where they used humans as guinea pigs. They're basically going to try to wait out the numbers to where enough of them die or the payouts are low and they're going to move on just like nothing ever happened, like status quo. Unfortunately, that's what a lot of these medical outlets do that produce all these major drugs. They know they're releasing something that's not good. They but they've still... weighed the how many people can die before it doesn't pay out. Yes, and then the penalties are only, you know, one, two, five, ten million dollars when they've made a half a billion or a billion dollars. It's a net gain for them, and they move on to the next person. Unfortunately, sad, but true. Or the next drug, I should say. The next drug, and then the next people don't matter until it has to matter and they get caught. Which is, if you're not aware, I'm always hesitant to continue to talk about this thing that's happened to us the last three years, but the thing's still pretty prevalent in the news. And now we have Senator Rand Paul making a statement um, about Dr. Fauci and his um, hiding the origins of COVID. And the reason he was hiding them, it, it, what it boils down to, it's a one-word thing. It's money. It's all about money and science. And hiding things, this is more serious than what you would believe because Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, whatever you want to call him, made a statement, I believe back in the early 2000s that was dug up, that he would be content. And this was actually released by an Australian publication. A 2012 statement for a U.S. microbiology society was unearthed by an Australian publication quoting Dr. Fauci as saying, in part, in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, what if a scientist becomes infected with a virus which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic? Scientists working in this field might say, as indeed I and I being Dr. Fauci have said that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweighs the risk. So what he said, bring it fast forward to the last three years, there's over 7 million dead people in the world. So based on that statement, he allowed gain-of-function research through third-party organizations to funnel money to China. Somebody was infected. They left the lab. It's just information they can glean, which is awesome if you listen to him. Well, he's, he's responsible, him and a handful of others, for the death of over 7 million people. Because he found that that benefit outweighed, outweighed that risk. Yes. And risking people's lives. Well, something that he didn't want people to know despite his support for all of these laboratory functions and experiments, he supported doing these scientific experiments that could be called gain of function or not gain of function, but he supported all of this work and that's what they do. They support scientific research. Well, when the lab leak theory came out, it gave light to what they were allowing to have happen and could, the possibilities of what could happen in the labs, especially that we were sending this overseas to, to China. So when the lab leak theory came out, he actually 
pressured scientists to say that the lab, lab leak theory held no weight and was not true. And then he turned around and gave $2 million in funding to a specific scientist that he had pressured to change their position on the lab leak theory. He controlled the purse strings. He controlled all of this funding. And he got people to say what they wanted, what he wanted them to say. And he did it with the money. That was $2 million this person wouldn't have. He would have been discredited. Everybody in the scientific community would have gone after him. Fauci holding the purse strings would have made sure that there was no future funding. But hey, they turned around and played along and they got millions. Yes. And here's the interesting thing about most of that is the fact that I was always scared of things like the cloud. You know, not because I've ever done anything illegal or inappropriate. It's just what if my wife and I were exchanging pleasantries by phone? What I mean is we were just exchanging pleasantries and that gets moved up to the cloud. So somebody at a later date, if we passed away, could go, hey, look at this. Let's see what their history is in the cloud and read all that. It's cool that all this stuff's now being found out about Fauci and his band of merry men because they now know that the money that he was funding definitely went to gain-of-function research. They would take a known SARS virus. This is the backbone or the original SARS from 2003-2004. They would then go to bat caves, and this is going from the Wuhan lab to caves, eight to ten hours away, to find new viruses, take the S protein off, and merge them into brand new viruses never before found in nature. Okay, The reason they know that's because they pulled the stuff down in the cloud. He also found, he being Dr. Paul and his researchers, that there was eight Chinese coronaviruses in the U.S. NIH database that were taken down by China. They were removed. But we later found them discovered in the cyber cloud. So they were hiding the truth. They were hiding what they were really doing. And if you remember, Dr. Fauci was a part of the group to change the definition of what was gain of function. So then when he was hauled before Congress, he can say that they didn't participate in gain of function because they gave it a, a totally new meaning. So when the person was asking during the congressional hearings, did you participate in gain of function? In his brain, he made it okay to say, no, we did not. Well, if you change yes to mean no and no to mean yes, and somebody asked you if you ever said yes, no. Well, they and you just changed the definition. You're no longer a liar. You didn't lie before Congress because you changed the definition. Yes, and they learned that in earnest by following their former leader, Bill Clinton. Yeah. who was good at renaming, rephrasing, and making definitions what they are not. Everything. What's the definition of is? But if, but if Mr. Fauci's as good as he thinks he is and had all these years of experience being a virologist and super money lender, and he did make, in fact, make that statement, which we've now discovered he had made, then he should be coming out and saying, wait, wait, Dr. Paul and everyone else in Congress, even though we lost 7 million people worldwide, we lost one million in the U.S., and fortunately for for us, 
Most of them were a bunch of old farts with comorbidities anyway, so it's not that big of a loss. They were going to die soon anyway. Now we have the coronavirus. We have it in its purest form out in the world. Now we can create a super vaccine that'll stop all these coronaviruses from bats from here on out. Yeah, but we don't have the in-game results that we would wish to have. No. And in fact, it just, not only did we see this lab leak theory, and then we see Dr. Fauci and working with other specific scientists to discredit the lab leak theory, we had government-funded groups that worked to blacklist sites that even talked about the lab leak theory, they just did it from top to bottom. Anything that they could do to stop this truthful and problematic review. Yes, and I honestly hope that this is a chess game and all these people that were doing gain-of-function research are about to be checkmated because I know we have a million other topics we're going to talk about now and in the future, and we can wipe this off the slate and be done with it. Mm. Because, honestly, everybody around the world has given this thing way too much airtime. Because these guys are corrupt. We know they're corrupt. And they need to be held accountable. And we need to move on. Let's move to a new topic. I would like to touch on a topic. Well, not new to us, but a new evolution of the Red Hill Crisis. Oh, tainted water in Hawaii? The tainted water in Hawaii. So we have, I have two topics I would like to talk to you about, or to our listeners about with Hawaii. One is the civilian families at Red Hill are getting huge tax bills after the government issued a 1099 to them for all of their reimbursements. So they were forced to stay in hotels. The government reimbursed them because they were forced to stay in hotels, but then the government considered the reimbursements taxable income. So for instance, one woman claimed she got a 1099 showing $22,000 in extra income, so now she'll have to pay $6,500 in federal and state taxes. So the government not only forced people out of their homes because of the contaminated water, the unlivable situation, then they're charging them as if the hotels they were staying in was taxable income and charging them more. So now, instead of just the $22,000, it's 6500 in taxes. So I guess it reduces the government's liability if you have to pay taxes on it and give money back to the government. So in reality, they really didn't do anything for them. No, they, they sent them yeah. giant tax bills for the luxury of having to leave their home because of contaminated water. Yeah, right. such a luxury. Which such an income. is just one of many when the government does something for you and they say it's free or it's to help. Nine times out of ten, it's not. Just like in California where we live, with this little gas boost or diesel boost, giving you fuel money because of the current state of the economy. I had made the statement weeks ago that just hold tight because at some point in time, they're gonna do that as adjusted revenue or adjusted income, and you're gonna have to pay taxes on it. So you're gonna pay taxes on money that's rightfully 
the way they looked at it, yours, theirs. yours, well, anyway. it was theirs, right? Or it's <laughs> theirs, it's somebody's. You're not getting a benefit. Your best to suck it up, drive less, wait till we get some responsible adults back in office that spend money diligently instead of responsibly. these people who are irresponsible. Yes, instead of people that are very irresponsible and shouldn't be running a paper route for the Fresno Bee, uh, but we keep electing them. It just, it, it, it blows my mind that 50% of our population buy into this. They continue to buy into it. And when the rubber meets the road, they get hurt and stung just as hard as we do. We swap the next election cycle and it just repeats and repeats. Rinse, wash, repeat. Or wash, wash rinse, rinse, repeat. Yeah, so the second thing I wanted to mention also on Hawaii, new fuel spill. So now we have a 700-gallon diesel fuel spill in Maui in Haleakala. So Space Force accidentally spilled 700 gallons of diesel fuel due to a mechanical issue on a diesel fuel pump for an on-site backup generator that failed to shut off during the night. While the, the Red Hill fuel spill was directly into the water line, we now have a surface fuel spill of 700 gallons of diesel in Maui. Amazing. <laughs> Government contamination. Government at its finest with fuel. Maybe we should swap to all electric so we don't have to have fuel spills. We'll go to battery spills or something. Something else will something happen. Of that battery nature. fires. Something else will happen. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, another couple of things, other investigations that the government is doing. There's an investigation into Stacey Abrams because she used her running for, uh, running in Georgia, her campaigning in Georgia as a cash cow. She is now being investigated for financial irregularities in some of her tax filings because just another person running for office who spent money wrongfully. That seems kind of to be something they all do. But she used her, she basically used her name, but she has a new Georgia project, which is her nonprofit. Abrams founded this nonprofit in 2013. And she rose to become one of the nation's leading voter registration gurus because of this group. But New Georgia Project and its affiliated New Georgia Project Action Fund has raised a combined $54.7 million since 2020. Now she has issues with the way she spends campaign funds. Now they're looking into New Georgia Project for the way they paid zero payroll taxes in 20 in 2020 which is an impossibility so she's doing it in her in her running for governor she's doing it in her nonprofit life it's just kind of not a surprise but she actually received over a hundred million donations to her campaign hundred million dollars in donations to her campaign and wow. then she has 54 million dollars to her nonprofit. How do you spend $100 million running for governor in a failed campaign? Well, they found a way to do it. She found a way to do it. But now she has investigations into her for the ways that she has spent 
her money for all her different groups. Her, her amongst others that raise campaign funds and then they spend it. Isn't there another issue with someone that... Um, Cori Bush? Yeah. Cori Bush did, did she it do? spending $60,000 for her now husband to be a security guard for her without a license. Which he claims he had a previous license, however it had Over expired. Over a decade ago, yes. Yeah, and you would think it would be her responsibility to make sure that that license is in fact valid, unless this was just a quid pro quo. But she married him, so I guess if she married the person who didn't have a license now, I guess she wouldn't have to talk about it because there's the marriage. Because there's a marriage thing, but someone still has to pay taxes on the, that income. So someone has to issue him a 1099 or whatever state he's from, he has to declare, he has to declare that um, on his own. Or maybe she is smart enough to put it in her tax filings and claim it. Yeah, well, she, she paid her now husband in 2022. They married, I believe, in 2023. But she paid her husband $60,000 for security. $2,500 checks totaling $60,000 also reimbursing for gas and travel for him to travel with her on her campaign travel plus there was also security for peace security at $225,000 for personal protection this is in addition to the 60 and then there was another individual who was paid $50,000 so we're talking six figures in payments across the board, 60000 plus to her now husband, $50,000 to a second individual, and over $225,000 to a what appears to be a company, Peace Security. I smell a wreck. <laughs> yeah, I smell some issues. Paying your husband to be your security guard. Well, you're, I'm sure they were dating at some point, so your boyfriend, your fiancé, and now your husband... To be your security guard. Sounds That's like one a, way to move money. Sounds like a quid pro quo to me. And then we've also seen the likes of Adam Schiff and those individuals who use their campaigning time to have luxury uh, dinners and meetups. AOC even did it. She's being investigated and there is a substantial reason to believe that she accepted impermissible gifts with her trip to the Met Gala and her tax-rich dress, plus getting her hair done and all of that, she apparently did not pay up for the impermissible gifts until she was called out and investigated. Well, it sounds like prior to becoming elected officials, they don't read the bylaws of what they are allowed to do and not to do, and their staff is not helping them follow these rules very well. And they tend to call parents that want to stand up for their kids' rights criminals, terrorists, domestic terrorists. They tend to want to let thieves run amok around the nation. And I think that's more for them protecting themselves than actually caring about laws, rules, and regulations. Because there seems to be a lot of that going on. There was actually just a non-binary lawmaker that was just censored for harboring a fugitive in her office. Nice. So we have an issue with these politicians, present, 
past and I'm sure future from following their own rules and regulations. Well, we don't like blue-collar criminals, but white-collar criminals, we love them. They're okay. Yeah, you remember this name, Alexander Vindman? Oh, Vindman, yes. Yes, he was in the U.S. military. He was, I believe... He was a, targeted by yeah. Trump because he was the one that came out as the whistleblower who heard someone talk about something that they heard at a different time or something like that. Yes, and we're both prior military and we're pro-military, but this gentleman is retired from the military. And it's amazing how these guys make mistakes and things go full circle. Because now Mr. Vindman is being accused of trying to profit off of the Ukraine war with defense contracts. Well, and he's making calls at the national, what would be potentially a national security related issue if he's, not national security, what is it when you try to aid a foreign government as a private citizen? But it's okay, we like Ukraine. Right, well I call it treasonous, but. But, and then he said he's just trying to continue to do his part. Well, now he's trying to use a company he owns to pitch lucrative defense contracts. Yeah, he's just trying to do his part. So he's another not-so-honest guy. Making money off of his government connections. Yes. Yes, he is. So just in some topical news, Alex Murdaugh was convicted of murder... Oh, and is. fatally shooting his wife and son. Apparently, a jury member came out after the conviction and said that a recording in which they believed it was his voice that happened mere minutes before the murders led them to believe that he was the one that committed the murders. But I believe we were talking about this, and there was a lot of talk that he would get let off. That he was... Possibly a hung jury. Yes, because of supposedly how well he did on the witness stand as a, as a witness, even though he admitted that he was a liar, a thief. Right, because he, he was either already convicted or facing jail time for his financial crimes. Yeah, he's facing 100 years or so for that. The interesting thing is it just came out in the news the last couple of days, which nobody knew about, was there was a housekeeper that died in his house, mysteriously fell off a set of stairs, fell okay. down a set of stairs and died. So now the family has given the coroner permission to exhume her body so they can look at the evidence to see if they can potentially charge him for her murder. Wouldn't that wow, be something he, if they could potentially charge him for her murder? Wow, yes, it would be if there was another murder that he had already gotten away with. I guess the whole family was potentially a bunch of whacked out nuts. <laughs> Aren't they big... Uh, Democrat supporters? I couldn't tell you, but I know that uh, not very wholesome people. He belongs He belongs in prison forever. I did know that. He was from South Carolina. He was an old money, considered an old mo money South Carolina Democrat and played the political game is what some have said. But yeah, I guess he gave money to Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and many other Democrats. He did donate to some Republicans, though, across his state. But apparently he was known to be a 
a Democrat donor $2,700 that he donated to Biden in April of 2020, $2,700 for Hillary Clinton in June of 2015, and a total of about $140,000 made between Alex Murdaugh, his wife, his brother, father, and law firm over the past decade to state house, senate, and mayoral local clerk, city council races. They were moneyed people. Yeah, it sounds like they were used, might have been using other people's money to do it with. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Well, that's what the uh, bankman fried did. Uh-huh. FTX? Yes. Which you haven't heard about in the news lately? No. Everything else has kind of pushed that off to the side. Well, it's they're trying to keep it out of the news so all these people that received donations from them can... Get keep their, their donations proverbial you know what together the the lawyers in the bankruptcy court are trying to claw back to give back to the people that were stolen well, apparently there was two two parts to that ftx and he was like a figurehead founder but there was a legitimate supposedly legitimate part of that that is now going to sue him and they're asking all these people that he donated money to to give it back yes because the legitimate part he in the illegitimate part if you will had a back door yes. into the legitimate part that he should not have had. That was totally illegal. I think that was his girlfriend. Oh, the, yeah. The one that chuckled when they interviewed her about she really didn't know anything about doing that, but she oh, was he, able he, to. He. Yeah, she was able to move things around. <laughs> so something that has come out in the news the last couple of weeks has been really big, and we've been hearing lawmakers on the right say it's a good thing, lawmakers on the left say it's a bad thing. So 40,000 hours... A video was released to Tucker Carlson, and now he's come out with his first big piece on what his team review, uh, reviewed. But apparently there's video of the QAnon shaman being led through the Capitol. That was Bullwinkle, right? That was Bullwinkle. But he was led through the Capitol by a police escort. He wasn't just going off on his own, but he was escorted around by the police. So this appears to discredit the fact that he broke in and then did damage and did things on his own, but that he was, in fact, led around. In addition, I guess they're saying there's video that Brian Sicknick, the officer who later died, um, there's video of him being alive after many Democrats claim was the time that he died and it was assaulted and died. So that video has come out. So a lot of the information that led us down one track is now being discredited by the video evidence that is being released. And it was our leader of the Senate, I believe. Chucky Schumer? Mm-hmm. He came out and said that in order for democracy... What was it? Democracy to function, we must silence Tucker Carlson. Pretty much. They must keep Tucker off the air. So basically what they want to do is censor like uh, communist countries do. Instead of letting the videos be released, letting a commentary gentleman speak about them, and letting Americans make the decision for themselves. That's what representative republics are supposed to be about. The people are supposed to be intertwined with their government and they're supposed to be given the option to look at things so they can make an educated guess on their own or for themselves. We even have another release by Tucker Carlson 
that a former Capitol Police officer was never interviewed by the January 6th Select Committee. He was a 22-year veteran who was tasked with securing the certification of the 2020 presidential election. My voice is one of the first ones you hear on the audio transmission, so I did expect to get an interview sometime, but it didn't happen. I guess the focus was on Donald Trump. They don't want the truth. They want their narrative to be accepted. Despite pleas for help on January 6th, Johnson said he did not hear anything, not even from Capitol Police Chief Assistant Yogananda Pittman, who allegedly kept vital information about the protests from him. The federal intel and law enforcement agencies knew about the warnings of a massive disturbance, but the frontline officers on duty that day did not know. See, and usually, well, at least... I mean, I know we didn't get everything, but when I was an immigration officer and when I was a supervisor, if there were certain specific threats, we or even non-specific threats, we'd get notifications about situational awareness and things to be careful of and look out for in your office. So it'd be weird that there was a what well, what has seemed to be a somewhat specific threat that was not relayed to the officers who would have to deal with that somewhat specific threat that people were intending to come to the Capitol and disrupt the certification. That should have been given to the officers to be on the lookout for. Do you see a mass of people coming at a time when the when President Trump is still speaking? That would be pretty odd, but... Yeah. Here's they were an, not given that information. Correct. Here's an interesting piece of information from this Capitol officer, which you and I had talked about the fact that maybe these officers opened these doors and led these people around because they were concerned about the buildings, they were concerned about their self because there was over, overwhelming force against them. So instead of being a forceful towards the people, they became friendly towards the people and led them around. <laughs> so here... Here's the interesting thing. Tarek Johnson, who we're talking about, his career came to a screeching halt after he was spotted outside the Capitol wearing a Make America Great Again hat, which received national attention. Johnson, a Biden voter, said a Trump supporter placed the MAGA hat on his head. He decided to keep wearing it for self-preservation as he navigated the pro-Trump crowd outside. Johnson was then put on an indefinite suspension for doing so and later resigned and lost his pension. Wow. So he was a Biden voter. Do we really think that he all of a sudden was just pro-Trump before inauguration? Yes, 100%. And he was never asked by anyone on the committee or any of their staff to come testify. Well, because he had the pro-Trump hat on, the Make America Great Again, so they don't want to ask a perceived pro-Trumper what had happened. They would say they would lie and say something against. And, and I would beg to differ with every one of them because if he was a 22-year veteran, I guarantee you people there at the Capitol building knew what his political 
leanings but, were. But they could have been just as afraid. After what happened, they could have been afraid for their jobs. They, we don't know if they were getting threatened with job loss for allowing the breach and allowing Trump to take over the Capitol. This is simply amazing that Schumer would make the statements that he made along with Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, Rhino of Tom Tills, Tillis, Republican of North Carolina, and Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah. They were in lockstep with Schumer with their outrage over Monday's footage release. Well, if that footage Rhinos. should be put in the public domain, it should be put in the public domain. Romney is the same guy that claimed that Tulsi Gabbard was an agent of Russia. Russia. She threatened to sue him. He's never apologized to her, even though the damage was done. And she's a current military officer, which means she could be tried for treason and put to death. But as we've talked about, our congressmen and women can say what they want, and they will not be... They pass their own laws, and they're not held to account for anything they say or do. Very seldom does any one of them get held accountable, and you actually see them go before a tribunal or before a trial and get prosecuted and stripped of their duties and their careers and their pensions and go to jail. Okay, so something that I, I was just thinking about is whether or not the, the 40,000 hours should be released to the public. I'm sure in, an, in a court world, an unfair trial world, some would argue, and I don't know if this is what Schumer and the like are arguing, is that it could harm the trials of people who did bad things. But one thing I want to know is the attorney for the QAnon shaman who at Tucker Carlson's release said this is the first time that he has ever seen the video of the QAnon shaman being walked through the Capitol by two police officers, or, or two officers. I believe it was two. It could have been more. But the, video, the clip that I saw, I saw two officers. This is the first time, and he's using this information to try to get the QAnon shaman out of jail. So if the lawyers for the defendants didn't have this information, I would argue that Tucker Carlson shouldn't have this information in the sense that it should be right now for everyone going through trial and all the people who have already gone through it too. But they didn't release this information this video evidence to even the defendants and their attorneys to represent themselves. They hid it from how many court cases. And I think that this is what's going to come out, not necessarily the public seeing the truth, but defendants who lost their ability to fight for their freedom with evidence that existed. I think that that is... The bigger problem. That is correct. And it took a change of the guard in the House of Representatives to make it happen, or to, else it wouldn't have. To make this happen because it had been hidden for two full years. And you're right. People are, some of them I'm sure are guilty. Some of them I'm sure are scared to death. So they, they badgered them into pleading guilty and copying pleas. And, and I, you can be made to think that you were guilty of something that you actually 
didn't do. And these these prosecutors are really good at what they do. Yes. There, there is no doubt about that, that they're very good at what they do. So I do want to revisit a topic that we've been following for a bit now, which is the shop teacher in Canada who dresses in appearance like a female and at the school wears very tight shirts and what I call booty shorts. Well, this, we had previously talked about whether or not there was a dress code requirement. And I had said there's probably one for students and there should be one for teachers, but we really don't know. Well, now the Canadian School Board has adopted a dress code policy amid the controversy of what the teacher was wearing. So to me, that means they're either solidifying that the teacher can wear it or they're essentially saying that there was a problem and they're now trying to fix it. I don't think the, the booty shorts ever showed any level of professionalism at the school. So it looks like they may be looking into it and doing a little bit more about it. And that's good because we talk a lot about what the responsibilities are of teachers and administrators at schools and that's to teach their students. They're not supposed to be the show. They're supposed to be the example, the leadership, the ones that teach these kids to be productive members of society so they can make it through the next stage of life once they get out of school. And you have someone like this, maybe the person's trying to make a statement. We get the statement, okay? You either think you want to show people how ridiculous it is, you want to say, look at me, 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 but that's not what you were hired for, that's not what your tenure's for, you're there to educate the kids that are in your class, cut and dry. Not to draw attention to yourself and away from them. So I think it was a good thing that Elon Musk purchased Twitter with his, with his investment group so they could finally dive in. And even though he has been a lifelong Democrat, he wanted to release files of what was going on within Twitter and other social media organizations to see who and why people were being knocked off of those sites. And now it's interesting that the Federal Trade Commission is demanding Elon Musk identify who all journalists are who had access to the Twitter files. They're also demanding an explanation as to why the legal counsel was fired, why he was let go. Um, I would say um, FTC, it's none of your business. It's a private company. I own the company. It's a private company. I can release anybody at my leisure. He got a, he was given a severance package. He was let go. He was part of the problem here at Twitter. Bye-bye. Well, you know, that you can't just fire people and give them money. Well, this and tell them you're not a culture fit. Well, this federal cha- trade chairwoman Nina Khan is under fire and she should be under fire. This isn't China. This isn't Russia. This isn't just because you've been put in a position of authority that you can act like you're a czar and you are the almighty supreme being. Uh, Get back in your own lane. Keep in your own lane. Yes. Stay in your own lane. Let's speak of your own lane. So did you 
know. I did. That Ford, that Ford has decided to put in for a patent that would allow them to repossess a car with a new system installed in the car. I did not know that until you brought that to my attention. And I think that's very interesting. And I think it's a, an interesting way to repo a car. You still have to send somebody to go pick the car up. Now, if they were autonomous driving cars and you could lock out the person that's not making the payments. And then have it drive off. And have it drive itself back to the dealership. That would be pretty cool. Autonomous repos. That would be very that's interesting. That's our future, right? If we have self-driving cars. Well, what our future is going to be. electric cars. We just brick them. Because, drain the because all these states want to go you know, all electric by 2036, 2037, 2040. Yeah, we're 2035 in California. Unless somebody like Elon Musk corporations develop a battery or some type of fusion ignition device that doesn't require the minerals or the elements we're using now to make safe batteries. We don't have enough. We don't have enough technology. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough material resources to do it. We would deplete our Earth's resources and still not be able to provide enough vehicles for everyone. Well, you'd think these people own calculators and they have, you know, scientists and they have accountants. They'd be sharp enough to figure that out. Well, the people talking probably don't know how to math. Well, I'll tell you what, where we're at here in Las Vegas, there's a convention right down the road from us and I know them guys know what they know because yeah. it, it was a whole group of scientists. I've never seen that many scientists to get, well, I've Stanford, never, John Hopkins, Harvard, uh, Spain. Uh, yes, we Portugal. saw individuals from, from high places all over the world, from and, all over the world. And just standing in line to get food at lunchtime and listening to them folks talk was giving me a headache because I wasn't understanding what they were saying. Well, there was one word you really understood. Yes. Photon. Photon. So they're working on photon torpedoes. Star Trek style. We're Star wondering Trek where they decloaked. And he was talking like that was a legitimate thing, man. It was pretty pretty interesting to listen to him talk. Us were the, the photon torpedoes. Yes. They were the They were talking photons. about yeah, X ray X ray machines and photon, things like that. They were talking real science. It was pretty cool. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.